0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here as always with Chris Valente. Chris, how are you, my friend? What's up, buddy? You know, just enjoying the day, um, one of our new partners in uh, Worcester is Harpoon, and uh, they were kind enough to give us uh, each a growler of beer, uh, and they said it's best to enjoy fresh, so I poured myself a Harpoon, and um, I'm enjoying it right now as we record this podcast. What kind? Uh, it's one of their uh, like little batches, it's called Bendito.
1: I don't think I've ever had that one. Yeah, I yeah, love Harpoon.
0: Harpoon's great, and uh, we were there today. They've got a um, a bar. Uh, you know, breaking news. They've got a bar in uh, Polar Park, um, and uh, we were talking about the design of that, and um, uh, they gave this, and it's uh, it's delicious. It's kind of one of those New Englandy IPAs, and uh, it's great.
1: Are we going to have to go back and rerecord this? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope
0: not. <laughs> um, but it'll be great. There's more to come on that, uh, harpoon deal, but, uh, those people are grade A folks and I appreciate their beer.
1: Have you ever done the harpoon tour?
0: Um, no, because so I went the to people... their brewery, which is in, uh, the seaport of Boston. Which yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's where the tour is. Yeah. We haven't got,
0: we haven't, we didn't do the tour. We just kind of go into the meeting room and then have a,
1: we had a beer during the meeting. What a great meeting. Oh, the, the, I mean, the funny thing is so, so Sam Adams' headquarters is literally across the street from Harpoon. Yeah, in the design center, right? Yeah, directly across the street. It's where Reebok is, too. Nope. But the the Harpoon tour, everybody loves it because they give out hot pretzels. Oh, their pretzels are delicious. Yeah, soft hot pretzels. Everyone yeah, loves they, the they Harpoon a, tour. They had a
0: great pretzel that they offered us uh, as well. Uh, the design center. So back in the 90, early 90s, um, maybe mid-90s, but anyway, my mom... Uh, was a furniture designer, right? She was in furniture sales. And she worked at the Boston Interior Design Center. Basically, for you guys not from Boston, it's a giant, giant super building. Um, and, uh, used to be the o- only thing down there. Used to be, yeah. It was like yeah, the only thing was that was down else there. nothing else down there. Now the seaport is like the hottest ticket on the uh, face of the earth. It's like another city. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And um, one of my first jobs when I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade, my mom would take me down there on February vacation, and I would have to separate and count uh, squares of uh, fabric and all of these different, like, for couches <laughs> and chairs and all this th- different stuff. Um, and then there was this guy named Leon, his, her boss, you know, kind of this eccentric kind of guy, and um, he, was, he would give me a $100 bill hundred dollar bill. He would give me a hundred dollar bill as a sixth grader. And it was like, I felt like I had a million dollars. Yeah, that's a million dollar bill in sixth grade. In sixth grade, it was a million dollar bill. So he was one of my, uh, my mom loved him as a boss and uh, he was a great guy.
1: But so uh, the Boston Design Center. Let's start with, you and I were talking, so you don't watch movies. I do not watch movies. I have watched a few documentaries in my life. You sent me a text. I think yesterday. Oh, by the way, uh, I was in a movie.
0: Yeah, I was in. I was in. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, wait, what? It's like the Atlantis, Morris Set song. Isn't it ironic? Um, yeah, yeah. I was absolutely in a movie. Um, it was a documentary. Um, it was a documentary called Fifty Summers. It is now out on iTunes. So you can go to iTunes, look up, look it up. I sent you a screenshot. I'll post it on uh, social tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it says you're part of the cast, uh, and it says a, a it says
0: cast, and then down there, uh, Rob Crane is uh, yeah, is a cast it, member.
1: You you're you are literally an international man of mystery, That's no <laughs> <sense>. a man <laughs> of many oh talents. God. Oh, I was at the office rap party. I'm in a movie. I'm in a. I'm. I don't watch them, but I'm in them. Like what the? Yeah, I'm a messed up guy, right? So I it's get like, that text. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You're in a movie. I was in a movie, and then I sent you the
0: screenshot, and uh, you're like unreal. So what's the synopsis?
1: So the of synopsis this?
0: of 50 summers is, so Marty, Marty Cordero, president of the Omaha Storm Chasers um, when they celebrated 50 years uh, in Omaha in 2018 and they, he go, and they did a big documentary about it. So Marty calls me and goes, hey, they're doing a documentary about us in Omaha. And when he said documentary in Omaha, and I was like okay, like a high school someone is doing a documentary or a college is doing a documentary on the Omaha Storm Chasers slash Royals. And then he's like, at the winter meetings, this was in Orlando, so two or three years ago. Uh, He goes, at the winter meetings, they want to interview you because obviously we're a big part of uh, Omaha. I said, yeah, sure, I'll do whatever you want. Just tell me where it goes. From that phone call to Orlando, I thought about this zero. Right, I just thought I was gonna go and whatever Marty wants, I'll do. And then I get up there, and they've got like a full movie like setup, lights, the big cameras, like a uh, billion different angles. They asked me if I wanted water when I got in there, and <laughs> like it was
1: a. Do you le- have a trailer, you're you trailer. <laughs>
0: tra- trailer star, it says Rob Crane on it, uh, and I was like, wait, this is like a real thing. And Marty's like. Yeah, I told you it was a documentary. I was like, yeah, but I didn't realize it was like this. And, uh, Be like, I don't watch many movies. I don't know how this really I don't really know how this works. And, yeah, he goes. And so then we just start talking about my time in Omaha and um, what it was like and uh, what the climate was like in Omaha at that time and then moving into uh, Werner Park and what that experience was like. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, the director a guy named Dan Napoli, and he was great, uh, and it was excellent. It was, it was a good documentary. Uh, you know, for me, I first watched it, um, I think the first time I watched it was at the next Winter
1: Meetings. and That's where it premiered? Yeah, that's, and uh, I may have watched it before then. I was expecting you to say you went to Sundance and you were on film yeah. at Sundance. No, but this like documentary has won like awards. So if you grew- I saw that I looked it up, I looked it up. I was like, and it's not cheap. I'm like, what well, I thought it was be like a dollar. It was $14.99 to buy the thing. I was like, oh my God, this thing's like really legit. It's like a legit movie, right? And
0: um, it's like won awards all over, you know, on these kind of uh, little film festivals. You getting that royalties
1: check in the mail every time someone downloads it? <laughs>
0: uh, not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think you so. You yeah, need a new agent. Yeah, <laughs> you need a new agent. Michael Scott is on the case. You got to hire Michael yeah, Scott Michael, to be I got to start making some cash off this thing. Um, but it was kind of surreal. I will say this. it uh, Omaha was a, was a great time in my life. I loved my time in Omaha. And then you would go back and, like, you would see pictures of Marty and I uh, that were, like, you could see him, just like me, learning from him. Like you could s- like see the smoke coming out of my ears, and then there'd be like old people that I used to work with. They do a big thing on the groundskeeper Rosenblatt, and uh, he was a great guy. Uh, and then just kind of like old ushers and like that kind of stuff when uh, from Rosenblatt Stadium days, and that was like almost. It was a little bit, uh, you know, an old people you used to work with. It feels like forever ago, uh, but. And it was almost, like, emotional. I got the, uh, you know, for me, not that the storyline was emotional, but, like, it was, like, you know, just kind of brings back good memories. The good old days, buddy. The Remember good old, days, good old days. days. First blog numero uno. Blog
1: numero uno, the good old days. Oh, no, Blue numero uno is, I think, us saying if you build it, right? Oh, right. It, so, like, the real, one, like yeah, the, the real first one.
0: like The first one, one was, one. hey, we're here. The second one was... um Ah, uh, the good old days, yeah. So right. uh, I was in a movie. I'm in the cast, um,
1: and I got a I got a little uh, little screen time, a little screen time action. You, between your extras on the DVDs of The Office for the rap party and this movie, I honestly don't know what my 15 minutes of fame part. is like. Wrapping up pretty quickly, I, so I, I don't even no. I mean, it's getting bigger for <laughs> and making you even put it on a map... I mean. Can we afford you? I mean, you're a movie star. <laughs> uh, By the way, bit another uh, biggest month ever again. We just biggest, keep... month, biggest month ever and biggest day ever the other day. So I looked into what your theory was about the biggest day ever. It wasn't that. It was pe- – there was a ton of activity that day on people downloading a bunch of different episodes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's great. I hope it's fantastic. I, I'm wondering – you know, we
0: send out these emails, and a lot of our people on our email list is uh, sport management professors – it was on like a Saturday or a Sunday, and I wonder if like they had an assignment due on Monday, and it was like, yeah, everyone's like, "Oh listen. crap, I got to uh, I got to listen to something on uh, on
1: this so I can get my assignment done for Monday," which is cool. Hey, we'll, we'll take whatever. I Please. mean, take whatever we get. I don't think Alabama's ticked up since four, so I don't know if they've gotten wind. No, year, I uh, think
0: episode four was one of what was the one that I said, "God, I hate to stay to hope no one from Alabama ever <laughs> listens. So they got so, that, and they listened to me. I think. Well.
1: We, we, we crossed them off the list. Um, speaking of Alabama, uh, great segue because we talked about states with Rachel Mark. Yes, Rachel. Uh, your interview with Rachel was fantastic. I loved listening to her talk about her passion for what she's doing and her road to how she got there. And Funny how she made you and I look be kind of ridiculous by our, we preach network, network, network and do internships. And she didn't do like, anything. Yeah, I didn't do any of that. I just kind of was like, hey, yeah. And she applied blindly through teamwork online. Yeah, to get like, a huge job. this I'm is like, going
0: against everything that we talk about.
1: <laughs> like, Rachel, right, come shut on, down you're killing me. Not helping here, Rachel. Yeah, not helping geez. at all. But
0: um, I, I, a lot of the things that she always cared so much about, like, commu- like she really had a passion about it. And what she's doing at... Uh, versus cancer now is just like right up her alley. She's already ascended there. I think she used to run like a region,
1: and now she's running uh, basically all the campaign people go to her. In terms of a a success story, our front office features, how we all make this the world go around, Sarah Kendall, who we had featured on our LinkedIn, who had uh, reached out to me to talk about communications and philanthropy and working in sports, we have now connected the two of them. So, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. That's you what you get when you listen to front office features. Yeah, it's been
0: uh, that kind of stuff has been cool to see. And then, you know, obviously with Michael and Matt Ferry, and
1: uh, there's been a lot of those types of things. And then, good. breaking news: um, Alfonso, who was our guest a blogger, guest blogger for a little while, who filling in for me when I couldn't type because I had no hand for about a month and a half. Has joined the FSM associate program and will be reporting in to me. Welcome, Alfonso, as he's one of our passionate listeners. So, he, can we
0: make sure, as you, as the uh, associates bosses, that they write some paper about this and have to listen to
1: get these so, download numbers up? Even? Well, no, every associate, so every associate at Fenway does listen to this podcast without you even ben, saying anything. Exactly. Ben Lucas used to be Hope. Yeah, she yep. was cheap. she abandoned us. She now Alfonso, Yeah, she got uh, like a great full-time job. <laughs> so I did not make the decision or, or hire Alfonso. He did this on his own merit. But I will tell you what he told me after his interview, that he went back and, similar to Crinsman vehemently listened to everything you and I said and wrote down and took precarious notes and used what we had pr- provided as information to help him during his interview process for the Fenway Sports Management Associate Program, which led him, landed him the role. So, it's awesome. Hey, we're doing awesome. something right. We're doing something right, and this is just fun. I'm having a good time doing. It. And yeah, we got the monkey off our back. So, <laughs> yeah, right, will, right, right. People right. who understand will Office <laughs> Futures will will carry on. We'll carry on my wayward son. Right. Uh, so, Philly fanatic. Yeah. so, of all right, bl- um,
0: we got to talk bl- about this. So yeah, you sent me
1: another. So you sent me another
0: text. I sent I sent Fnatic. you a text with a uh, with an article that says we've got to talk about this. One of my greatest stories I've ever revolves around the Philly Fanatic. So, the business side of this, um, they are changing the Philly Fanatic due to some like copyright lawyer thing for the original people who designed the Philly Fanatic, which which was like ever ago, ever I, ago. I it was had, one of the first ever mascots, right? So I don't fully understand that. I am far from a lawyer,
1: but in short, but in we're like, very up on our legal jargon right now we're very good at that we you especially we know ip law like the back of our head <laughs>
0: right and they in short they have to there's going to be a new philly fanatic coming out i think maybe this week or next right it's like coming soon
1: yeah, these are the during spring training. training they're right. going to change the look
0: at it. they're going to yeah. change the look at it so the philly fanatic big green furry thing with the with the big nose uh is going to be changed i have no idea what it's going to look like so here is the Philly fanatic story. I had to have a beer, I think, to, uh, to have this story. <laughs> so I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my father, for work, traveled all around the country, and his job was to paint giant structures, okay? So his job at the time was to paint the Ben Franklin Bridge in Philadelphia. It's the big blue big suspension bridge. Yep. bridge that connects Philly and Camden, New Jersey. So, Hell of live- place, Camden, New Jersey the place uh <laughs> <laughs> but um so but, uh so we go out from Pittsburgh to Philly and uh hang out with my father and uh he goes all right I got great tickets for the Pirates Phillies game at Veterans Stadium and being from Pittsburgh I was a giant Pirates fan Pirates were great when we were doing that so it was probably like 90, 91-ish, right? So the Pirates were in the NLCS, and I'm 10, 11 Bonds, years old. Barry Bonds,
1: Bobby Bonilla, Sid yeah,
0: The whole thing. Yep. and uh, Andy Vance, like, who was your guy? Who was your guy? My guy, um, I loved Bob Walk. He Bob was one, Walk, he <laughs> was one of the pitchers uh and Doug Drabeck uh Doug Drabeck, I, Doug I was, Drabeck
1: long hair curly hair yep. yeah
0: love 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 them um and uh there's a closer named Jeff Robinson him and I connected because he threw me a baseball and had the same him and I have the same birthday how I remember this is beyond me um I also love Bobby Bonilla um and I have a Barry Bond story which I'll get into later one story at a time. Um, Storytime with Rob. Storytime with Rob. That's really what this, this might we might have an uh, episode title today. So, anyway, I go to Veteran Stadium. My dad gets tickets. They're on the first base side uh, of Veteran Stadium, I don't know, 15 rows back. So, I make a sign to go to said Veteran Stadium. It's a yellow sign with black letters that said, Let's Go Bucks. Right? I'm 8, 9, 10 years old, somewhere around there. Yep. And uh, we go to the game. And I'm at Veteran Stadium, and I'm holding up the sign, "Let's go Bucks." All of a sudden, the sign snatched from my hand. Turn around, it's a fucking Philly fanatic. <laughs> this big, long nose looking down at me. So I'm in the seats, and he's in the row above me. So you look up to him, right? And
1: he's a big, he's a big dude, fanatic.
0: The, the fanatic, yeah, was tall and the whole thing. And. Uh, He takes a sign and he turns to the rest of the crowd and he fakes like he's going to rip it. And my father goes, "Um, please don't rip my kid's sign. We're from Pittsburgh. He's eight years old. Please don't rip my kid's sign. Philly Fanatic turns around. Veterans Stadium starts to see where the Philly Fanatic is. And they start chanting, rip it, rip it, rip it. And the Philly Fanatic whips his big freaking nose around. And uh, looks down, and my dad goes, please do not rip my kid's sign. Again, uh, he's eight years old. We're just trying to enjoy the game. Philly Fanatic turns around. Now the sounds are getting louder. Rip it, rip it, rip it. Chants are loud. And when the chants are at its peak, the Philly Fanatic rips the sign in half. My dad, that instantly, reaches up, grabs the Philly Fanatic by his snout, yanks him down, and starts uppercutting him in the head, right? He starts <laughs> uppercutting him in the head, just punching him. And the Philly Fanatic is going, what the F are you fucking doing? What are you doing? You... And my dad is yeah, that's what ripping my kid's sign and just pounding him in the face uh, of the, uh, he's got him in like a headlock and punching him in the face with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And we get, is this what, wait, 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 wait. is this the moment you knew you had to work in sports? <laughs> I <Like>, think <laughs> probably subconsciously probably <laughs> uh, so we get escorted the hell
1: out of that stadium. first of all, this just reaffir- reaffirms that city sucks like, <laughs> right. the worst people on the planet. you're eight years old so, so
0: this the, the, the everything is full circle this business is small like we talk about, right oh yeah yeah so let me finish. So that's, like I said, that's probably 89, 90, 91, somewhere around there. I am now a baseball executive, and this is probably my first or second year in Omaha. So t- say two thousand seven eight nine 8, 9, somewhere around there. And I go to my first minor league baseball promotional seminar. And uh, it's my first one. I'm all excited. I got my uh, notebook out, and I'm like, ready to go i'm a wide-eyed kid and uh, i'm ready to take notes and i've taken notes it's probably you know second day of this thing and it's like this is great and all this stuff and i see who's next on the agenda next up is uh dave raymond and dave's going to talk to us about mascot characters okay and he gets up on stage and he goes, hello, my, da- uh, my name is Dave Raymond. Uh, I was the Philly Fanatic from 1985 to 1996. I was like, no <laughs> fucking way. <laughs> so I... Uh, this is unbelievable. So I'm shocked. I don't take any notes during him. I'm just like thinking to myself, oh my God, this is the Philly Fanatic. This is the guy. Right? ripped that- my sign, that son of a bitch. Right. Um. So he says something and he gets off stage and I beeline to him. Beeline to him. And I go, uh, hey Dave, uh, my name is uh Rob Crane and you might not remember me, um, but uh like back in like the late eighties, early nineties, um uh, my I dad si- the shit I had, of you. I had a sign that said, let's go bucks. You ripped it. And my dad punched you in the head a bunch of times. And he goes, July 12th, 1990 or 1991 or whatever that, whatever, whatever it was. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I, I, I don't forget that day. Um, I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I'm so sorry. I should have never torn your sign. That's not what we're about. Uh, and I should have known that back then. And, uh, I apologize. And I was like. What? What? And he goes. I want to tell. Uh, I want to apologize to your. Fa- I want to apologize to your father. I should not have ripped your sign. And I was like, "Huh, not the way I thought this was going to go at all." So <laughs> you thought you were going to be in a fight with the Philly fanatic on stage? I had no idea what I was going to do. I thought he was going to be like, "Nah, sorry man, don't remember that," or, you know. Sounds, you probably got in
1: big trouble for that.
0: I I, I have no idea. But he got punched in the head a bunch of times, too. <laughs> so I get uh, – so my dad, like I said, he's a painter and, like, he's kind of a man of few words. And uh, I call him up. And I say, hey, uh, Dad, you'll never guess who I met. Who'd you meet? I said, I met the Philly fanatic. Phone goes silent. <laughs> and uh, I said uh, – he wants to apologize for ripping my sign. Still silent, and I said, and I was like, "Do you want to talk to him?" And he pauses, and he goes, "Nah, fuck that prick." <laughs> 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 so then I go find Dave Raymond, and I say, uh, "Doesn't want to talk Sorry, to you. Dave, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> want to talk to you. But it was really
1: nice to meet you. Uh, this might be our must listen podcast <laughs> of all time. This might be our number one downloaded podcast of all time because I'm don't going know. to make sure everyone listens. This is amazing. That is an amazing
0: story. And so I've told this story a whole bunch. And um, so I had a, a buddy in Omaha named Brent. And Brent, um, my parents came up once, and my uh, Brent cornered my father at a game when we were in Omaha. And he goes, tell me the Philly Fanatic story. And my father reiterated the Philly Fanatic story. He goes, he goes, it was nearly word for word the way that you tell it.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. So it I was, mean, that's something you'll never forget. I mean, watching at nine years old, your dad beat the hell out of a Philly I, fanatic story. I would love to find
0: stuff. Like, is it
1: on like the games were televised, I think. Well, I've gotta never be seen video like somewhere. video of
0: it so anywhere. So like I don't know.
1: I have no idea when it was. Uh, I've got to find it. Um, was Dave the guy that got in the huge fight over the Philly fanatic with the Phillies? Wasn't there that massive? Like, I don't know over uh, who owned what, and, and maybe I that's think, who. I don't know who's doing this lawsuit. Yeah, but I,
0: I looked. I looked it up. The lawsuit wasn't him because uh, that was the first thing I looked up. Um, and Dave Raymond uh, has great characters, and he's uh, he basically has gotten into. Ma- making mascots and training mascots, and his uh, uh, mascots are unbelievable. Uh, they're like the OG. He's yeah, he's unbelievable. Philly fanatic was. I have nothing the mascot. but great things to say about Dave. Great, great guy. Um, and um, so I don't know how it parted ways with him, uh, uh, but I and I but I did look up who's suing him, and I I, I did not see his name. I'm not sure I looked hard enough, but um, yeah. So the Philly fanatic. Um, is a is a is a thing.
1: That's a story for all. I mean, you get more and more mysterious as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I get more mysterious. I just got to. Pretty this good stories. Th- interesting. You're the most interesting man in the world. Without, without attempting to be, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you've got so... more stories. I'm just these. Pop them you ridiculousness.
0: Ridiculousness is how I find myself, <laughs> and like
1: how the hell I get into this <laughs> stuff is beyond I mean, me. I'm trying to picture little little Robbie, little I.E., his dad beat the hell out of a Philly fanatic. Philly fanatic, fanatic. He yanked him down
0: from the nose, yanked him down from a row up, and just started uppercutting him. What were the fans doing? Because I just read not I like blackout after that i just remember it was like you guys gotta get out of here the whole thing and it was like and i remember hearing like crazy curse words <laughs> coming from oh, i'm sure words uh, you never even knew
1: existed at, at didn't even
0: know i existed right so they still had a, that's when they still had a jail because you were at the vet right? i thought yeah i like i wonder if he didn't go to jail in that jail cell because yeah. i think i kind of remember going somewhere like underneath and then like being escorted through like a back tunnel uh but like I don't remember it like vividly like it was yesterday. He blacked it's, out, yeah. It's yeah, he like, what out. happened? Unbelievable.
1: So, yeah. Unbelievable. It's, it's a great story. So, and the, it, the, to meet him years later at the Meyer League Summit and have him tell, tell that story, in the day, he remembers it to, to the day. Is, he, re, he remembered it like it was yesterday. He remembered it like it was yesterday. So Unreal. Un, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy so, stuff. So speaking of 80s, um, I got a crazy story for you. So I get a LinkedIn connection from Lawrence Taylor who Hold on, Oh wait, wait. Like Lawrence Taylor like the I know... before we get into the
0: story, you yep. just told me we have I have a Lawrence Taylor story to tell you. So yes. I was like, all right, I'm thinking it's the NFL linebacker who's a giant. So it
1: is. <laughs> okay, so it's not like a it's not Michael Scott, right? Nope. Nope. Got it. Uh, Well, here's here's so I get a LinkedIn connection from Lawrence Taylor, and it says like Vice President of Southeast Sales for some company, and I'm like, all right. I click on it, and it's a picture of Lawrence Taylor standing next to his bust in Canton. So I'm like, all right, is this person like catfishing, whatever? So I like hit accept, whatever. I, I pretty much like I said, I accept everybody. In his bio, it says VP of that actor on HBO and New York Giants linebacker for the years he was there. I get a LinkedIn message from Lawrence Taylor this morning. Saying hey, Cr- yeah, <laughs> saying, hey, Chris, here, like with this canned message of like, um want you to take a look at this product. We're working with so-and-so uh, licensing. Blah, 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 and it's like a video of Lawrence, like in the in the clip, holding up this product and presenting it. And I'm like, all right. So I'm like, you know what? Grew up a Giants fan. Started my career as a Giants. So I screenshot it to all my Giant friends. And I'm like, <laughs> Lawrence Taylor's reaching out to me. They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Good luck with the robot. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm gonna just go down this road and see if it's really Lawrence Taylor. So I so I send him a note back. I'm like, hey, yeah, I would love to learn more about it from a sponsorship angle. Blah, blah, blah. We're exchanging messages. And originally I said, hey LT bot. Because I was like, this is a bot. Like, this is clear and he goes, What's a bot? And I'm like, Oh, sorry, I meant bud, autocorrect. And then we start having a conversation. And he's like, I'm meeting with the <laughs> Nice Bruins. cover up, by the way. So yeah, so I'm like, is this really Lawrence Taylor? And then I get a message in the middle of the afternoon today. Hey, can we have a call today? And I'm like, well, this will confirm or deny whether this is really Lawrence Taylor, right? If I get on the phone with said Lawrence Taylor. So I'm like, sure. uh, How's 330? Um, 330 rolls around. Haven't heard from him. So I'm like, all right, is this person, whatever. Yeah. Goes, what? And at like 345, I get a message. What number can I reach you at? So I'm like, all right, here's my cell phone rings there's York, yeah. there's a gentleman with on the phone not Lawrence Taylor and then out of nowhere hey chris L- lt here i'm like what the hell is going <laughs> on I'm on the phone with Lawrence Taylor That's and awesome. we're, we're we're having a conversation about the product He's telling me how Belichick's helping him with some getting into some businesses and like helping with stadiums. He's working with Dickerson and we're reminiscing about my time with the Giants. He, I'm telling him where I'm from. He's like, Oh yeah. I used to hang out in Belmar. I'm like, what the hell is going I'm having a phone conversation with Lawrence Taylor. It was like, this is crazy. I'm like, just because I was like, you know what? I got to see if this person really is Lawrence Taylor. And sure enough, he's like, all right, I'm going to be in Boston uh, meeting with Bill in a few weeks. So I'd love to catch up and show you the product. I'm like, Sure, LT. We can have a meeting. Absolutely, That's buddy. Come on, come on over to Fenway. He's like, yeah, I do a lot for uh, Ortiz and even this golf tournament. And he's like, maybe he can help us too. And I'm like, sure, man. <laughs> Whatever you sure. want. The an- the answer is yes. We'll figure it out. So yeah, I, I'm like listening to LT. I'm like, and he's talking exactly like how you think LT would talk. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, this is crazy. Like I was like, this guy's the vice president of some random company selling some 5D signs that. Reached out to me and now I'm on the phone with him. I'm like, okay, there's Mike. Not as crazy as your fanatic story, but I end up on the phone with Lawrence Taylor. Today. Lawrence,
0: any time that you can get on the phone with Lawrence Taylor, I think is a uh, is an interesting day. It was surreal. It it was I surreal. can imagine as a as a as a as a
1: as a giant Giants fan. Giant Giants. I mean, he's the he's the he's the goat from defensive players of all. I mean, him and Reggie White. Fine, I'll talk about. It, but Lawrence Taylor changed the way people play football. That oh yeah, was a freak. he's a ridiculous athlete ridiculous athlete um speaking of my day real quick before that so that was the culmination that was in the middle of my. what else happened today sir like so uh, my wife eventually will listen to this because she she usually falls a little behind on her listening because and now i know why because she had to go to a dermatologist appointment or something whatever so i had the kids oh my god (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> like t- I don't even know how I did talk to you earlier today and one of the things is my daughter gave woody a
1: bath in the toilet did she gave him a bath in the- all right so this so i I walked in on her she had my wife's perfume bottle in her mouth sprayed herself in the mouth oh good she gave woody a, a bath in the toilet she put chalk in her mouth you can't turn around and she's not upside down or having something in her mouth it's like chums right she- chalk it's like she's yeah, she she's a terror, and then <laughs> to culminate the night and she's what two? No, she just turned one in November. She's, oh right. But she's walking and she's somewhat communicating, but she's following... Like my, my my son who's gonna be four in May, he's he's easy at this point, right? He's very <laughs> self sufficient. She like I, going that way or going this way. Like you can't turn around. And like I now I know where my wife is Rachel. You you win. I get it. I have yeah, a couple she, hours with the two kids and I'm yeah, like, she, "Oh my god." Yeah, I'm I'm the uh I was on dad duty the, uh, over the weekend. Wait, uh, yeah, there, w- one one is manageable. One's okay. we'll, two we'll, is just on a <laughs> different that, level and you're like, the, "I was I was I'm exhausted." And we culminated, of course, with a poop in the bath. So Oh, that's, that's the worst. The worst. So I'm like, oh, worst. Here we go. This was this day was just Yeah. So Rachel. that was Mike. Rachel, um, she, she le- I leave for Florida tomorrow in the morning for Fort Myers for our partner's weekend for, for four days. Uh, I owe you something very special when I get home, so you, I apologize. You you, you you sure do. You sure do. Um, so there's two business things I
0: wanted to talk about. Let's, yes. Um, one, I don't know where you want to start. There's two of them. XFL or Savannah Bananas. Where do you want to go?
1: Uh, let's go... Bananas. All right, th- th- this is bananas. This so, is bana- so I got to say that because now if I don't say that, my wife will give me shit because I owe I always say, "This is banana land." Like we're talking but, about something that's crazy. Yes, but this I'm, is was, legitimately banana land. Because she's called me out. She's on this podcast. I usually say egregious. She's like, "Why don't you say banana land?" Because you always say banana land. So I'm like, egregious sounds smarter. That's why. This is <a> banana. <laughs> Savannah bananas. This move is banana land. This is this is so.
0: The owner is a guy named Jesse Cole. I have a lot of respect for Jesse Cole. Jesse Cole has done some uh, amazing Great things. backstory. So, th- great yeah, backstory. Great backstory. Basically sold everything to buy uh, this uh, baseball team in Savannah. It's independent or collegiate. And he has turned what was a dead minor league market, the Savannah Sand Nats, moved from there to Columbia to become the Fireflies. And has resurrected that ballpark and that town where they're selling out every single game for crazy stuff that he has done. Um, and what he's done in Savannah has been spectacular. That being said, he and the Savannah Bananas announced two or three days ago yep. um, that they are no longer going to have advertisements at the ballpark no signs no announcements no nothing um i get a lot of the crazy stuff that he did i thought i think that it's fun the savannah bananas great name uh a lot everything is cool i do not legitimately understand the thought process behind um behind this there's uh I, I just I just do not I just uh, I just don't get it because you know here's one of the things that he said I'm reading an article for us it always starts with uh, what are those things that are frustrating at the ballpark what are those friction points in a fan experience got it right that's a good mentality yep. to have uh, I'm with you and how can we eliminate those and basically goes in and says sponsorships are friction points and I think that.
1: That thought process, though I have a lot of respect for Jesse, I just I like don't agree with so the data the data doesn't agree with him either, so I think from a to from a two sides, I think one, if his goal was to generate significant PR it he's works. got a thousand out he's uh, you know killing that right like it's everywhere like everybody in the business is like, "What the hell are you doing?" and every news article was picked it up, we're talking about it, I'm sure other people are talking yeah, right? about it. But from his reasoning, especially as if they're sold out, so no one wasn't coming anyway if they had – like, I don't – there's been so many data points and statistics that show that fans welcome sponsorships because they know it enhances their team and their revenue streams. And who at this point – I mean, there's signs on the green monster, right? Like yeah. the Savannah Bananas Outfield Wall isn't like this sacred place that no one would be like, I can't see a sign there or else I'm not going to go to the ballpark. I I, look, I, I got to imagine based on Jesse's background and Jesse's mantra that it's a stunt, because in his, like you said, it's only about ten to twelve percent of their revenue, so it's not a, probably a huge number for them to do something like this to generate this kind of PR. Yeah, but I don't think anybody was staying away from the Savannah Banana Ballpark because they saw. Oh, no, they're
0: selling out the whole thing.
1: <clears throat> Pepsi on the wall, like, and I don't think there's been ever any data point to back that up uh maybe something in savannah is different but i mean you, you literally every single stadium in america every single team every single golfer every single nascar every single hockey team in europe is littered with advertisements and you're just coming more coming and it's not like fans have gone away because of it
0: yeah i that's the part i just i he's done a lot of great things where has been unconventional that questions my thinking of like, why would you do that? And then it ends up be like, all right, but I can understand the thought process. I just, I literally just do not get, I, I, I don't I don't get it. I can't imagine being like, this is a good idea. And I think about it from a business standpoint. In the article that I was reading, he said it's about 20% of the overall business and many other teams, it's 50%. And I said, okay, why are we risking 20% percent they're not going to raise ticket prices they're already selling out every game
1: where what's the upside what's the upside? what's
0: what's the, what's the upside is the upside the value that they're getting in this marketing play right no so like no. one of the crazy ideas that i uh that was a year or two ago the hartford yard goats stopped selling peanuts at a ballpark you'd be like peanuts are thing of the uh baseball if you want to talk about something that's a Fraction of the revenue and the great PR that they got, they redid the whole song. And you know, you go into the allergy world now, and they're like, Okay, I can get why you make that. That makes a lot of sense to me, though unconventional. Kind of wish I thought of it, right? Yeah, but this one, I just like maybe I'm not smart enough, and Jesse's at a different level. I, I literally, I just do not get it.
1: I, I don't, I don't either. I mean, obviously, you and I are going to be very biased, yeah, right? That's how I helps. make a living. I, I but I to that point I I just don't the his reasoning and his his data that uh, he's claiming is just not true right like it's just not like people aren't turned off by sponsorships they've actually been proven to be open and welcome them and then actually support those sponsors more because they they appreciate them being affiliated with their club or team and they view it as a support system and as part of the family so I I don't know. I, I, like to your point, like why give up twenty percent of the revenue that you're bringing in, right. unless they have some crazy big sponsor coming that's going to take over like one big sponsor. I don't know. That's going to fit the bill. Maybe. I, I, I
0: don't. I don't know. But the uh, the one thing I don't get in part of my is in minor league baseball, like the between inning promotions, the theme nights. They're all they're sponsored. they're all sponsored, but they're also like what makes minor league baseball fun. Right. right is the crazy between inning promotions. I, what I'd say them in Pawtucket right now, the most dramatic thing that happens at McCoy Stadium every single night is um, what we call Chick Fil A foul balls F O W L. Hmm. If we throw them a a, a softy base, uh, throw a contestant a softy baseball, if they catch it, they win a Chick Fil A sandwich. Uh, we slingshot the next one. If they catch that one, uh, their section gets a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich. Then we put one in a t shirt gun shoot it into the air and if they catch that one the entire ballpark gets chicken sandwiches and that second and a half that that ball is up in the air and coming Uh, down is the most dramatic second and a half during the entire game and people go crazy when they
1: catch it dude does it how how often is it caught
0: probably a third of the time it's a lot
1: it's It's a lot and chick-fil-a loves it loves it sure do you do it on Sundays? I do it every day. Oh, every day. I, don't know. I thought Chick-fil-A wouldn't let you do it on a Sunday. Chick-fil-A. No, they can go redeem their coupon on uh, Monday. I just figured they didn't want their name associated with Sundays, knowing no,
0: Chick-fil-A. No, they, no they, uh, that's actually the day they come out because all their uh, employees. Everyone's off and closed. They're, yeah, off, they're off. They're off. So like, that's the day that they have like their company outing and everything. Makes sense. Yeah. So I love what Jesse's doing. Uh, Jesse was kind enough. I sent him a note one time, and he recorded a YouTube video and sent it to me, which was kind of cool, as a response to it, which was awesome. So, like I said, I got a ton of respect. We got to get him
1: on the ge- – we need
0: to. I should ask him now. on the podcast because we, we- got to – I think you and I would be a great tag team interview to him to be like, take us through the thought process. I think I'm Absolutely. way more interested in the thought process. Let's reach out to Jesse. Let's ask him to come All on. All right, let's do it. All right, we'll do it. We'll do it. Make a note of that. Okay, we'll do that. Um, the other business thing I wanted to talk was more, which was just really cool to see. It's probably one of our first five interviews. Was, I think, yeah, uh, I was Kurt Hunt? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Kurt Hunziker, uh who is the president of the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL, and they had their first home game this weekend, and they led the league in attendance. They had like thirty thousand people uh, in the dome. Um, I saw videos on there. I shot him a text, uh, on Monday, uh, just saying congratulations on all of, uh, on all of the success. And he called it like a, you know, childhood dream come true. And he yeah, grew that. up in St. Louis. It was just like, I'm so thrilled for, um, for Kurt and, uh, and his whole team. There's a spot, his sponsorship, uh, guys named Gabe and Gabe, uh, uh, worked in the minor league office. and I knew Gabe a little bit, and uh, it's just great, to, great, to, great to see. And they keep winning, and they keep getting like a ton of social media stuff. They uh, I saw on like Barstool's uh, website, the uh, our Barstool social, that one of the guys like ripped the top off the can of a Bud Light seltzer, and then like chugged the seltzer after he like literally ripped the top off
1: with his teeth. That's an animal right there. It is. It is. It is. They're, and the XFL is. They're doing. They're doing pretty good. They're doing good. They're maintaining, which is that's the that was always the key, right? Can you maintain your success yeah. from week one and carry it through? And look, when we talked to Mark Gress a couple of weeks, I was like, he brought this up. I was like, these are the type of things outside of the Big Four that you have to look at if you're trying to make a name in this business. And Kurt, Kurt being now the team president in a, with a team that's having extreme success. I would probably venture a guess that he'll start getting calls with the from the major fours at some point in his career to come and run one of the teams right so like yeah, good for him kurt is uh he's a great great guy one
0: of the most analytical people I've ever met is a uh, great personality awesome awesome so I could not have been more thrilled for a uh front
1: office features guest as I was for uh for kurt he was just great great to see great to see and then uh we mentioned him earlier in the podcast, but Marty. Uh, oh. was recipient of an award for his great work with ALS.
0: Yeah, he uh won a what a Midwest award for in Kansas City, George, George Bread, right? George, yeah, Brett, George award. Brett Award for uh what he's done in ALS. Marty has done his work closely with ALS like literally since we were in Battle Creek. And um, we got it, there it is. I uh, gotta get the Battle Creek in there, gotta Battle Creek's in there. Uh, and what he does with ALS, he's always volunteered so much and uh given the ballpark to their uh, walk to defeat uh, ALS um, everywhere that we've been from Rosenblatt to uh, Werner Park, and they still do it now. Um, so yeah, he his thought ninety nine times out of a hundred is what's best for the community, and his you know his he's got a great passion for uh, uh, for uh, you know trying to figure out ALS. So that's I awesome. Couldn't be, he's he's that's the best, awesome, and I think yeah uh I'll I'll mighty beard here's a cheers to you harpoon to cheers you. bro
1: uh and then for next week I think we you and I were to, oh you posted the top 10 markets on uh That's right. twitter right I did I did I did we post got to that. Throw it on we got to throw it on linkedin I remember, I, I remember, do I remember that. that yeah we got we'll uh, we'll we'll put that up um and top 10 countries too yeah top 10 countries uh which uh, is crazy we can even list 10 countries but and then also I think for next week we should pose I know we ask the podcast, and so I don't know if some people reach out to us, some people don't, but maybe just post a social question. What do you want answered for this week's podcast? Right? Yeah, just, right. To-
0: uh, email us too if you want to email us, and, and uh, it's front office features at gmail dot com. Uh, yep. we got a uh, a couple of them, uh, but want to talk through it because I think one of the best uh, interactions that we've got was um, when we had Nick uh, on. Totally, and we started talking about like kind of giving him like live advice because what you're going through other people are going through so absolutely um lauren gruber also reached out we need to uh talk to her too so um we
1: will she 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 want to have her soul ripped out of her body and torn down by the two of us (laughs)
0: She she's over uh, by Fenway, right? She's over. I know. At BU, yeah, you want to go at a bar.
1: You keep saying that. I want to go to a bar.
0: I, maybe I just want to go to a bar. And if we can maybe. talk about we'll this, drink stuff, some harpoon. We'll drink some
1: harpoon. Drink, Cheers
0: uh, to your new sponsor. Yeah, drink some uh, some harpoon. Uh, you know, we got to be careful though, because not only harpoon, you got to go through like harpoon. Um, we've got a uh, Wormtown. Uh, Wormtown is right up there too. Uh, you know, is at the top of the list. I, I love Wormtown. So please, I don't want to get into a beer war uh, right now, but uh, I'm allowed to like multiple beers, I think. Um, Again, I hope we don't have to edit this out. Jeez, oh man, right? We don't need the. We don't need to do that. But uh, anyway, uh, it's a, it was uh, it was fun uh, going, kind of going back. It was fun to talk to Rach a little bit. It was kind of going down memory lane a little bit for me, um, which was good. And I'm just so damn proud of her and what she's doing.
1: She, Thank I you. mean, I it, like I said, this is why we work in sports is to have that ability to do what she's doing. So yeah kudos to her and i think just being able to have those memories that she's going to create for people and see the looks on people's face and the positive impact that she's having on the community and fighting cancer with athletes and sports awesome like can't say can't say enough good things about that awesome stuff
0: yeah and i think too with what questions that you have like the people who we've interviewed if you know for the most part like if you're like competent and uh, you know if you need it we we'll, wait we uh we just introduced sarah to um to rach and you know if there's yeah. people we feel comfortable we'll 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 set up the set up the intro we had a couple people interview for jobs this week for that listen to front office features and uh,
1: oh that when you we, posed yeah i was gonna ask you that yeah. so you po- you challenged folks to reach out to you for yeah, a we had a few
0: did. we had a few we had a few um who knows what they'll work out but uh <laughs> that's you <know>. not good <laughs> <laughs> you know you know that's, that's
1: ominous up. Um, well, I am off to Florida. Yeah, that's right. Partners weekend in, uh, uh, in Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Yep. JetBlue Park, uh, Bonita Springs, take the partners down, a little casino night, get to meet the team, the whole nine yards. It's a really fun weekend for all those involved. It's probably one of the reasons that people keep renewing. Uh, you guys will be starting to do it. What next year? With the, with the Woo Sox? Yeah. I
0: I think it's, I think it's going to be starting next year. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I sh- you know should go on this year to kind of figure out how the hell you guys do it.
1: You probably should. It's a crazy. It's crazy because we charter a plane for the the sponsors, so they just walk. You right guys will on. go what
0: Thursday to
1: Sunday, Thursday to Sunday. So tomorrow morning till Sunday afternoon, we get back at like six o'clock. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. So three nights in the hotel. Correct. Yep. Got it. Ain't cheap. Ain't okay. cheap. It's like a five star hotel. So but they the sponsors spent enough money so they get they, they it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, they 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 can make it. They're okay. So um yeah, we'll have that to talk about hopefully I make it back. It's a long Vegas so it's like a Vegas trip quite frankly because everyone's yeah. just partying, so Well, uh, send some pictures,
0: um post them on the or post them on our social page and uh it'll it'll be people will be anxious to see what that looks like. And I'll post to the uh the cast.
1: No, and this the- This this podcast is the number one must listen podcast we've ever done based on the story that you told about the Philly fanatic. Like the Philly fanatic
0: story is uh, that's all time. It's all it's all time.
1: Beat up the Philly fanatic and then you met him
0: years later. And then I met him years later. Yes. So I apologized. And he did. Uh, Two great stories. I have one. I told in episode one, which was uh, meeting my wife and Brian Cashman story. Brian Cashman. Yep. Um, I'm not sure. When's he coming
1: on? It's a good question. Um, I haven't, I haven't asked them, but I need. It's to... not a good time of year right now. And Pro- they seem yeah. to be dealing with some other issues down there right now. A little injury bugs again, so maybe, yeah. maybe after the season starts. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, so I told that one episode one, and I told the Philly fanatic, which is the second, or which is what You know, uh, they're equal. How many, many stories. stories you
1: got in the cover? That's
0: pretty much though at that level. Right, you only got a couple of Hall of Fame stories. Those are two you're Hall in the of office freaking
1: rap party. I was, but I never considered that as a that doesn't matter. Yeah, I know it doesn't matter to you, but other people hear that. And they <laughs> yeah, that freak could be out. a Hall of Fame story for someone who cares. Oh, right. Um, now, now we're done. That's it. This is the end of the podcast. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. See you, Chris. Later.